Or is it then Dr. Smith? Just the doctor. How do you mean, just the doctor? Just the doctor. What, people call you the doctor? Yeah. Well, I'm not. As far as I'm concerned, you've got to earn that title. Well, I better make a start then. You're listening to Oi Spaceman, a Doctor Who love story. We're a nerdy podcast about all eras of Doctor Who. Sex positive, LGBTQIAP plus friendly, and socially aware. Spoilers, naughty language, a general disrespect for the Moffat era, and other adult content are likely found within. You think you're so impressive. I am so impressive. You wish. And hello, welcome to episode 23 of the Oi Spaceman, a Doctor Who love story podcast. I am Daniel, as usual, and joined by my uh, wonderful wife, Shana. Say hello, Shana. Oh my god, I think this is the first time you did not refer to me as beautiful. I, I think our marriage... Complain, complain, complain. Complaints. Uh, but hi, everybody. Welcome to Oi Spaceman. Where we talk about all things Doctor Who, new series and classic, uh, from the point of view of a married, weird, kinky couple. Queer... Sex positive. All that's in the intro anyway. So, oh, okay. you know. What? You would know that if you ever listened to the show. I don't. I'm just going to keep giving you shit for not listening to the show. I really don't. So it's okay. You can continue to give me shit. So tonight we're talking about Mummy on the Orient Express, right? We are. This is the eighth episode of Series 8. And uh, I'm going to read the synopsis. This is a very, very long synopsis from the Doctor Who wiki, the TARDIS wiki. Awesome. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. As the Doctor takes Clara for a final trip aboard the Orient Express, they find it has a supernatural passenger. Dot, 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 dot. That's the synopsis. Ah. Sarcasm. Sarcasm. Yep. We do that sometimes. It's one of those literary techniques that we use. Is that the royal we? Yes. All right. The royal we also being a literary technique that is sometimes used. This is true. Well, so let's fill in a little bit of that uh, very brief synopsis, shall we? Let's. Um, so, Mummy on the Orient Express, that definitely sets up the basis of the premise. Um, it is the Orient Express uh, recreated in space. Um, it, so it's kind of like a tourist attraction in the future. Uh, which I thought was kind of a fun concept, and you said uh, harkens back to some classic Who. Some of the uh, structure of this kind of harkens back to a particular classic Who episode from the Third Doctor, and uh, I might get into that in a little bit. Okay, but, that's um... fair. Um, we had some big uh, guest stars this week. If you are a fan of the pop culture, um, the music artist Foxes and some British comedian whose name I forgot to look up, but he was fine. Um, so anyway, we very quickly realized that there is... That is Frank Skinner. Frank That's Skinner. The... So yes. apparently well-known elsewhere. Well-known in the UK, from what I understand, but I do not know who he is. Nope. So, but he did fine in the episode, so good. And he plays Perkins, so yes. pretty, cool, pretty cool character. Okay. Um, anyhow, so... We find out that the only person who can see the mummy is the person that the mummy's going to kill. Um, and it very quickly becomes a kind of puzzle box mystery, but in the best way possible, I think, uh, where there are a bunch of scientists and doctors on board and they are all trying to figure out 
what is this mummy creature as it slowly tries to pick them off. Um, meanwhile, we have the kind of subplot narrative that this is supposed to be Clara and the doctor's last trip together. Um, and he had told her that he was going to take her on a fun ride and instead takes her on a dangerous trip again. Um, so I think those are kind of the high points. Sure, yeah, no, uh, the overarching overarching plot here is this is supposedly Clara, like, leaving the Doctor, which um, I have some issues with some of that, but I think we'll get into that shortly. Yep. And then you basically have a um, a story about this kind of supernatural myth thing that turns out to be real, as often happens in Doctor Who, and right. has a scientific basis. Right. Um, your thoughts in general about... Uh, Mummy on the Orient Express before we yeah, yeah just to get us started in general I thought that this was a completely different doctor from previous episodes I thought that this was a completely different Clara in some ways from previous episodes um, and again that changes in the very last scene but um, I really enjoyed this episode this this felt um, like a more familiar doctor who this felt like David Tennant. This could have been a David Tennant episode. And I wrote down one note um, that really kind of crystallized how I felt about this change. And I feel like in the past few episodes, um, there's been a statement of making this the doctor is a general and he is disconnected from his emotions and he doesn't care about the people around him as long as he gets his, his goal, kind of. Um, and in this episode, he... He was still alien and removed from emotion, but instead of being painted as a general, he's a scientist. And there's a reason he's he's distancing himself from emotion in the moment because there's um, and I'll just go ahead and say it. There's a because I, I have another quote to read later, but there's a great quote where he says, you know, um, people um, people with a gun up to their head can't mourn. Um, essentially. And I think you have, I, I think it was a really beautiful moment of saying, yes, maybe I'm crass, maybe I'm harsh, but there's a reason. Yeah. I mean, this is, um, my kind of immediate thoughts were a, I liked this episode. Yeah. Um, this is, I liked to listen a little bit more, I think, but I might come and revisit this one more often. Um, yeah, that's this is the, this is the first episode in a while that I feel like, man, I really just, I actually didn't rewatch this one before we recorded, but I really want to see this again. You know, yeah. um, it's, this is, this is what I consider to be a fun, but like, uh, stuff is going on. There's interesting stuff happening. It's not just goofy, but this is, this is what I want my Dr. Who to kind of feel like it's got that right. same kind of tone um it, it feels weird to say it feels a little bit more it's not classic series it feels like the rtd era who and no. i haven't really read a lot of people's responses on it i haven't read any either. um and i'm wondering if other people are, i'm wondering what other people are going to say about that but i try not to infect myself with those sorts of thoughts before we record That's so fair. so there are kind of a there there's the overarching plot issue which was you know kind of clara leaving you know clara essentially telling the doctor off mm -hmm. which i think you and i were both completely on board with you know uh, man the doctor's been being a real dick well and i appreciated that when she told him off in this episode she didn't have those kind of misogynistically weak 
elements of, you know, she didn't get over emotional. She kept steady. She took control of the situation. She was painted as an equal to him when she was frustrated. Well, she's painted as a person instead of a plaything, you know, yeah. and, and when she has conversations with Danny Pink here, you know, it, it, he feels like a a boyfriend trying to help her rather than a paternalistic figure. And uh, this is written by, again, Jamie Matheson, yeah. who is uh, one of the, who has written for a lot of shows. He has not written for Doctor Who before. I really want to see him come back, and I'm interested because he's writing the next episode as well. So we'll see how... Yeah how that kind of goes and but you um, said he also wrote for the clearly the uk being human yes he wrote for being human in the uk which i've seen a little bit of i think you've seen a lot more of that i've seen almost all of it and i the their character writing and plot writing even if you don't like what's going on you can always say well this is this is well written um and i feel like the even though the doctor feels maybe still sexist in this episode, finally the writing didn't. Yeah, I mean, if the... And this is kind of one of those things where the last two episodes with the caretaker and um, Kill the Moon, you really had this very misogynistic, paternalistic attitude coming from the doctor, but the narrative was kind of supporting that. Yeah. Here, I think he's he's coming across paternalistically i don't quite know that i'd say misogynistic but i'm not going to argue with you if you if you want to say that um i do think he comes across as very paternalistic but the narrative calls him out on it um and it feels like this is like in response to i mean it's almost like they brought in somebody completely new to fix the mistakes of the last few episodes or to you know start tying up some of those loose ends you finally have these moments of him being alien without making like calling Clara ugly. He says, I don't like your smile because it's sad and it's a smile. And you know, that feels like a glitch that feels like an alien statement without being offensive. Right. And it feels like it's something that is insightful in the way that we know the doctor should be insightful. It doesn't come across as I have no idea how you silly humans work. I am a robot. It comes across as like, I'm an alien being who spends a lot of time with humans and I have observed this about you and I don't quite understand it or, you know, like it, it feels much more authentic to who we kind of think the doctor should be. Well, and let me read my, my, I kind of have two small quotes quickly because I feel like they're hitting on a lot of the things that we're talking about right now. Sure. Go ahead. And there are two moments where I felt very keyed into the fact that, this was the same doctor that was in the last two episodes, but executed more, um, like better. <laughs> sure. Um, so there's a moment where he's talking, where the doctor's talking with Quell, um, where he still thinks that he's like a mystery shopper or something. And that he says, this is not exactly within your job description. And the doctor says, come on, Captain, where would we all be if we all followed our job descriptions? Hmm? Good question. Glad you asked. In your case, you'd be doing something instead of climbing inside a bottle. And then a minute later or two, I think he's talking to the scientists when he says this. Um, he says, yes, let's just sit around and wait for the evidence while the bodies pile up. Or here's a crazy thought. We could do something to stop it. Yep. The doctor... <laughs> The doctor in past episodes, I didn't feel like he cared if people lived or died. I didn't feel, 
like he had this idea of like if you were a soldier that made you bad this is a doctor that has depth and understanding and is trying to inspire people to live up to their potential too well this is a doctor being a hero again yeah and it's been a while since we've seen that i mean it's even if it's only been i mean you know into the dalek he's kind of forced into it but he kind of behaves somewhat heroically Mm -hmm. uh robot of sherwood eh, maybe but they've done a you know for the last you know, four or five episodes, we've, we've really not seen this version of the Doctor. Yeah. And this is this is the Doctor back in full force. This is the Doctor solving a problem, saving some people's lives, doing it, making some moral judgments and making some uh, decisions along the way that you can agree or not agree with, but ultimately doing it in the service of trying to save people mm-hmm. and doing it in the service of defeating this great enemy which is gus the the robot uh on the orient express or the um the computer on the orient express so um you know i'm this is the kind of doctor who i want i'm happy with looking at the consequences of the decisions of the doctor looking at the um the way that he behaves and the decisions that he makes i just don't want to see him be an asshole to the people around him with no like with no reason you know, um, he shouldn't be that misanthropic. And, you know, you can talk about the first doctor, or the third doctor, or the seventh doctor, and some of the darkness or the sixth doctor. You know, you've seen it occasionally, but not to the degree that we've seen it in the last couple episodes. And this feels like a major course correction. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like there's this, I like this episode and I almost don't want to like touch it too much because I'm like, I don't. I don't necessarily want to uh, uh, dig too deeply into it almost just because I liked it and I wasn't expecting to like a Doctor Who episode at this point, which sounds like a a strange thing to say. But, um, yeah. Thoughts on anything I said? I know. I feel like you hit a lot of the points that that I'm feeling that, there was a lot good about this episode and there was a lot that felt like directly a correction of all the issues I had been having. Um, to the point where (laughs) I, it was almost surreal in watching it where I was just like, are you serious? This is the episode we get. Like, I I really like it guys. Like, don't, don't screw it up. But then we get to that last scene and I got to say the, the metaphor of addiction is really feeling forced down my throat. Yeah, no, um, there's definitely this, this thing that they're again, trying to go with something darker, trying to go with something, um, you know, describing the way the TARDIS makes Clara feel and exploring that. And the, I don't know, I'm willing to kind of see what they do with it. Well, um, let me say this. I know that they dealt with addiction on being human. Right. So I know that the guy who's writing this episode um, wrote on being human where they dealt, dealt with addiction in a more explicit way. Um, and frankly, in a more apt, like fitting situation. So maybe they really genuinely did bring him in to help make that storyline make more sense. My big thing is, um, I, t- 
I take addiction very seriously. And the fact that you're talking about being addicted to someone who is saving the world and trying to make a difference and inspire people. Um, it, it's just sending a really weird mixed message about like what addiction is through using this metaphor. Right. I mean, it makes more sense as a like adrenaline junkie, yeah. you know, makes more sense than like an addiction metaphor. But, you know, I feel like that's something that we're really just going to have to see how this series plays out and see kind of where they go with it. Um, I do kind of have the same issues that you do about the use of that metaphor, at least explicitly in terms of describing Claire's relationship with the doctor and the TARDIS. But I don't know. I'm willing to, I'm willing to see what happens next just because it really does just depend on where it goes. Oh yeah. No, I'm definitely holding hope now because this last episode gave me a lot. Um, I think if we had seen the story written by the writers of the last two episodes, I may very well be done. Uh, like it was getting to that point. Um, yeah, no. Um, for me, let's let's kind of uh, we're kind of on a on a tight schedule here, so uh, this will this will probably be a kind of short episode. But um, I did want to talk a little bit about um, one of my issues that I had with the overall plot arc was the fact that Clara is seeing the Doctor again, honestly, without any real indication of... I mean, we know that some time has passed since the last episode, and we know that she's still... You know, she's angry at him, but she's she's decided to give him one last hurrah, and then they're done. But mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned, the behavior that he's shown her was unforgivable you know absolutely um, and for her to have seen this absolutely unforgivable like if he had stayed that awful the addiction metaphor might have made sense um, right. but the fact that he really was redeemable and really was um even though he lied to her it was because he had to well and i think it was not because he decided that he would be the one, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, you know, previous as particularly the seventh doctor, um, I'm actually finishing up the last season, uh, season 26 of classic who. And, um, in that last season, you really get the seventh doctor really manipulating ACE in some really, um, morally questionable ways. Yeah. And a lot of people are drawing lots of parallels between that kind of era and this, the last few episodes with the yeah. doctor being really manipulative and apparently the new adventures doctor, the, in the novels in, in during the wilderness years was, was very similar to, I haven't read that material, but, um, so this isn't new for the doctor, but I think this level of darkness and this level of just being a jerk, um, I think you can draw a line between, uh, the doctor is making decisions and manipulating people, Again, you can argue about greater good, but in the service of a greater good versus uh, just doing it to be a dick. And here, I think there are two big lies that I want to talk about mm -hmm. um, relatively quickly. Uh, one is the uh, the doctor lies to Clara. He says, oh, it's just a fun trip, and then it turns out to be, oh, I kind of knew this was going to happen, and they've been trying to get me to come here for years, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, and the other is the big lie that, uh, you know, Clara lies to, uh, the other girl. What was her name? 
Mrs. Pitt. Oh no, no, that's Mas- Maisie Pitt. Maisie. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Clara lies to Maisie to get her to come into the main room. True, but I will. But I, I will say that part where one we finally get this another speech that we should have heard from Clara a long time ago of you are making me lie for you you're making me accomplice um right. which i liked that moment a lot and the fact that he admitted later he had to he had to make her make that lie so that Gus wouldn't catch on to what he was doing right that forgives the second lie a little bit well, the second lie is, you know, Clara makes the choice. Clara sees the moral choice yeah. and makes the choice to lie to Maisie. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there is the kind, there is a third option, and that is explain to Maisie and say, "Look, here's what's happening. The mummy is about to attack you. Like, give her the choice. Give her the agency to make the choice to either come and be and and potentially give her life for the other people." Or to die on her own terms in in the in the dark room, you know. Right. Um, and I feel like that like that is a point that we're not seeing here. That you know, a general commands soldiers, but soldiers make the decision to follow a general. Yeah. And that soldiers are, have informed consent, whereas if the doctor is manipulating and lying to people then you're not having informed consent and that that it is that consent issue that separates moral from immoral behavior in some of these senses. Most of the people who have given their lives to the doctor have done so willingly and knowingly. Um, and I do think that that's, you know, it's not just people die in your service. It's people choose to die because you do amazing things. And, I, you know, I do wish, I do hope that the series kind of... Well, grapples with that and it i i think we did get to see it grapple with that a tiny bit um in this episode with uh was it quell who was the who was a general and had the ptsd uh one of them i can't remember um, which one but the way he responds to the situation with um seeing it as a way of being able to forgive himself and all of that uh but as he sees it as a way to Redemption, right? Um, I think that's a much better message and metaphor than than what we've seen before, um, and I think that's part of part of it is because we see the do- doctor grappling with authority and social roles and ideas of who we're supposed to be and why, in a much more real and productive way in this than we have in a while, um, but. You're right. I I hadn't really thought about Maisie. Maybe it's because I thought Maisie was kind of obnoxious. Anyway, um, well, can I tell you what I thought of Maisie? Like, um, I kept thinking she and Clara were just gonna make out in that, uh, that in that little closed no, off you room. You didn't. That was entirely wishful thinking on your part. That was uh, they like the way they were looking at each other. I mean, the way that Clara was looking at her at Maisie in particular. I mean, they were just kind of leaning in close to one another. I was that like, "That is you projecting your desire <laughs> upon the two cute girls dressed in the twenties outfits." Um, oh, by the way, I do have to mention uh, my favorite Tumblr post response to this episode this week was somebody saying, "You know what the what the hell is going on with Clara's magic hair?" And somebody's like, "Well, I just assumed that the TARDIS had a wig room." 
Um, if, if it's got clothes rooms, of course it would have a wig room. And then somebody was like, oh my God, fan art, please, somebody draw the TARDIS's wig room. No, um, actually, on a when the Robot of Sherwood, when Robot of mm-hmm. Sherwood aired, the uh, Verity podcast, they talked uh, at some length about the um, magical hair extensions that the TARDIS is apparently able to give. And so um, they are under the impression, or they are under the headcanon, in general, on that podcast, that um, the TARDIS just has the ability to change people's hair the way you can, like, it just kind of, like, there's some magic technology that just, I you can make it. your hair longer or shorter. I, I mean, hair. I love it. I it, it's, love it. It, it is definitely something that, you know, um, yeah, Clara definitely has had more hairstyles this season than I think uh, any other Doctor Who companion ever had over their entire history. And that's saying something. <laughs> Um, which is, it's pretty awesome. Um, Clara always looks amazing in everything. And of course she looks great in this twenties outfit and Jenna Coleman's doing a great job. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, the episode slows down enough. Um, you know, when she's talking to the doctor in that scene you referenced earlier where she's talking about, um, why she, you know, this is our last hurrah and that sort of thing. And you really get, this almost languid, you know, kind of character moment of them just reflecting on the history that they have together. And, you know, there's some really great performances here. Um, There aren't many people that can hold a candle to Peter Capaldi. And Jenna Coleman gives it, I mean, Mm -hmm. she she gives as good as she gets on this show. No, and I will say the Peter Capaldi moment when he, um, there's a little bit of Doctor Who magic, um, which I'm willing to, except that he somehow takes the bereaved Maisie's psychic energy and puts it onto him. So he tricks the mummy onto going after him Um, because he does have still a kind of nicely arrogant um, doctor moment where he's like, if I had 60 seconds with this, we'd be done with it by now. Um, But he's justified because he actually does it. Yeah. Which is great. Um, but he does the little Doctor Who woo-woo, puts the psychic energy on him, but he gets this great moment where he's like, oh, so nice to meet you. I'll be your victim this evening. Oh, you know, and it's, it's cute and it's funny, but it's, and endearing and it all felt real for the character and organic. So I don't know. I've missed that kind of element. Well, you've missed the, the, like the element of the doctor actually, a, looking like he's having a good time, and B, again, being a hero. And, like, you know, when he's being an arrogant dick, but he's saving people, I mind it a lot less. And I'm sorry, I keep coming back to that. But this this felt like, uh, I mean, it feels like a return to something that I really like. And, and I'm looking forward to the next episode. Um, some issues with the way that Claire, the, the way that the arc is kind of being resolved, but maybe that's going to um, kind of solve itself. Yeah, I mean, I I, re- I really feel like I almost don't want to say anything else. Cause I'm yeah, like, I, I was pretty happy with it. It was a very pretty episode. Um, there were some really great points, and who knows? Maybe it'll get better in the next episode. Maybe it will. Maybe this is the show turning a corner. Um, uh, two more thoughts. I mean, again, this, you know, um, I really didn't have a lot to say about this episode. I was kind of like, yeah, I liked that. That was that was pretty good. Um, and. I think maybe we'll talk a little bit more about this episode next episode and kind of see how things end up. I think how um, 
I think you're right in saying that, like, depending on the next episode, my feelings about this episode may change, depending on how they wrap up some of these loose ends, if they wrap some of these loose ends up. But we know Claire is in it until the Christmas special. Yeah, I know. Clara sticks around for a while. Um, so Which she, is she's weird. We've only got four more episodes left uh, yeah. in, in this series, and then we get the Christmas special where apparently um, Clara's leaving. So um, two more thoughts. First, the cinematography mm-hmm. in some of this. Um, very, um, again, we've seen a lot in oh. Series 8, the kind of artsy cinematography. Oh, yeah. Um, There was a moment where I was like, what the fuck is going on with those fucking shadows? Why can we only see half of Clara's eye? And Yeah, the artsy cinematography is great. I mean, if they designed the episode to be watched in a completely pitch black room, you know, they've they've lit it like a movie where, you know, it is like it's kind of designed to be shown in a movie theater, which is very dark and there's no extraneous light in your room mm-hmm. where you're watching it. Most people are not watching TV in that kind of setting. That's true. Um, and so I do think that, you know, I was like, I, I bet that set looks great. I wish they put some fucking light on it so I could see it. <laughs> um, you know, it isn't like Classic Who where sometimes they just make it really dark because it just looks like crap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, just kind of the, the cinematography was great, but it did get, get a little bit annoying uh, with time. Um, just a very brief thought. Mummy on the Orient Express is, sounds like the kind of episode we've gotten in Series 7. Um, it's got that kind of, you know, movie title kind yeah. of feel to it. Um, and we know that Kill the Moon, uh, something that we didn't mention last week, Kill the Moon was a leftover script from Series 7. It oh, was going to be a Matt that. Smith script, and then it was, you know, they filled with it. But originally it was going to be Matt Smith. And can you imagine Matt Smith saying the line, the moon is an egg? Just bask yeah. in that. <laughs> yeah. Um, one more thought from me. I mean, do you have any other thoughts uh, on the episode? Not so really. Far? Okay. Um, I think we just kind of liked it, but just kind of middling. So it was just kind of yeah. like, yeah, we'll kind of see how things go from here. It you know? hits on a lot of really familiar things. Um, I love 1920s fashion and style. It was real pretty. I liked the the cover of the song and that they used. And I, I, I really liked a lot of the little touches in this episode, but... Yes, as far as plot points, character points, all those things, I'm hesitant to say, like, yay, I love it again, until I see how they're resolved. Yeah. Um, so um, what's the last thing that you wanted to say? By the way, that Fox's uh, Queen cover, yeah. you can watch that on YouTube. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes. Yeah, There's really a good. full version of that. It's really quite good. Um, one more thing, and that is the um, ending on the beach, where, you know, um, it does feel a little bit rushed, where... You think everybody's dead, and then the train explodes, and then you come back from commercial, and the doctors just saved everybody, like, off-screen, effectively, you know? Um, That does feel a little bit rushed. Um, I didn't really really mind that. You know, you just kind of get the... The doctor did something clever, and, you know... And saved um, everyone. And saved everyone. And he justifies his decisions by saying i saved everyone and we're supposed to i think kind of respond to that like retroactively in the sense of the last few episodes when he's being a dick that you know the same moral justification applies but i don't think it does no and i um, think this for this character it does for the character of the doctor that we have previously seen which is a different character um 
yeah. It, there's uh, there is such a spectacular character shift between the previous episodes with Capaldi and this one that, I mean, to me, they're two different characters. Well, and and it feels like they've they've had a hard time kind of getting Capaldi right. Like Capaldi's doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, of course, I mean he's doing an amazing job as the as the character and trying to harmonize all this. But you remember in the first couple of episodes, we were talking like you know, Sarah Jane and fourth doctor relationship between Clara and Capaldi. Yeah. And then you kind of get a few episodes where it's like this kind of nasty, toxic relationship. And now we're starting to heal that and it's starting to feel a little bit more David Tennedy. I mean, it feels like they just don't quite know what they want to do, which I'm okay with. I just, I, you know, I like this a lot more than I've liked the last couple yeah. And I am fine with Doctor Who exploring darkness. I just wanted to explore darkness intelligently. Yep. And I think it's it's kind of done here better. But yep. I do not forgive the last couple of episodes based on the Doctor's um, moral justification here. Absolutely not. Um, and I hope that we do see some consequences from some of the behavior in the last couple of episodes. Amen. Um, Preach to the choir. <laughs> so, um, any more thoughts on... Uh, Mummy on the Orient. I want to say Murder on the Orient. Mummy on the Orient Express. Uh, no, I'm just. I'm really interested to see how our 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 questions are answered in the following episode. That that's. I feel like so much hinges on <laughs> on what's coming next. Yeah, we've only got four left, and uh, two of them are the two parter in the season or the series written by Stephen Moffat. So we will see. All right. Um, all right. If you want to find us, you can find all our episodes at oispaceman.libson.com. That's oispaceman.libson.com. We're on Facebook, oispaceman, a not true love story. Just search for us, and we are there. Uh, you can find me on Twitter or Tumblr at Daniel Lee Harper. Uh, you can find Shana at Inky Osa on Tumblr or Twitter. Um, we're on iTunes. Check us out there. I think that's about it. Oy Spaceman Podcast at oh, gmail.com. Oy, yes, yes. I always forget that part. Oy Spaceman Podcast at gmail.com. You Tell can us email you us. love us. Tell us you hate us. Anything. Yeah, no, we, we really like getting feedback. And uh, we'll uh, try to read some letters on the air if we ever get any. Uh, we were getting oh. some for a while and then, you know, it kind of died off. But we're getting more listens than ever before. So well, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks to everybody who started listening to us over this series. I would definitely appreciate that. And, you know, if I had time to record it, I would do a little bonus episode about the bad science of Kill the Moon at the end of this because it's going to run short. But that's fine. I will just make an extended episode later down the line. Um, Sounds good. Any more thoughts? Do you have another quote? Nope. All right. Well, thanks to everybody for listening. Um, let us know if you like the shorter format. Maybe we'll stick into this, but um, I like to go a little bit longer most of the time, but, you know, that's just me. Um, until next week, when we are going to review Flatline, uh, I guess the balcony is closed. Bye.